Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always with me is Rob Langevin, a.k.a. Smokey. How you doing, man? I am good, and just like my co-host just said, I am Rob Langevin, and that's Kevin DeVries, and we're back for another uh, FPL fantasy podcast, uh, talking about the the news and the strategies and the come with you all of of what's going on in the fantasy football realm. Yeah. Fantasy football slash soccer, we never really landed on who to cater to with that, so uh, the kicking one. Yeah, the one that. Well, I mean, you you kick him. The one you don't wear a helmet for. Well, Peter Check. I mean, the one that Peter Check doesn't wear a normal helmet in. Uh, no face mask helmets. Yeah, there you go. Right, there you go. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so we're sorry that we're a day late, but we're gonna make it up to you because we're gonna have two different shows out today. Two shows. Uh, hashtag two shows. Two shows. <laughs> we're gonna have this one, which is gonna be normal FPL. And then we're gonna have a separate show. It's going to be uh, draft strategy. We're going to have John Wallen from Taga on. We're going to talk through a mock draft that we recently did that I did not so great in. But uh, Rob had an excellent team in that, so we'll talk all about that in a second show. So hopefully you can find it in your hearts to forgive us there. Um, honestly, not loads to begin with, uh, but I guess we should start with some of the news, a done deal, and some potential deals. Let's start with Jorginho Wijnaldum. Completes a move to Liverpool. Comes in at eight dotto, point blank. Is he ownable? Um, I think we discussed this last podcast, Kev. Uh, at what point are we trusting anybody from Liverpool? I mean, they completely keep uh, you know plummeting down my personal rankings, which I will have up on Rasball.com starting Monday of next week. Um, oh but, right, I'm supposed to send you mine. But yeah, I mean, who who there isn't going to steal value from everywhere else? Uh, offline, me and Kevin were having a discussion. We're saying, all right, I trust Firmino. No, I don't. I trust Coutinho. No, I don't. You never said that, but I said that. Uh, You know, they still have Milner. They still have Lalana. They still have, you know, there's tons of guys there. And they added Mane before they added added, them. Exactly. I I forgot about Mane. But Mane, to me, is the one guy in that group that is kind of different. He's kind of different. Because he can play the opposite side from everybody else. Or maybe that's just me. I think that he could just basically sign his name into this, the, the, you know, the lineup every game and be on that left-hand side. Do you, you think I'm incorrect in that, Kev? Uh, I mean, he's more comfortable on the quote-unquote right. But as uh, Dave Hendrick, friend of all of our shows, uh, has mentioned very much, he hasn't really played on the wing in the last two years. His crosses are not very high. He wasn't in the top 60 in crosses last season. So he also kind of wants to tuck inside. I do think he, he's flexible enough to play both sides. Um, Firmino probably wants to play uh, behind the striker, as does Coutinho. So that was already a little mm-hmm. bit problematic. Um, but I agree. I, I think the only way that Wijnaldum gets significant playing time 
is if he moves back to a central midfielder, which he was in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has basically the pace to be able to play on the wing, which is where he often played for Newcastle last season. Um, so if they're running a 4-3-3, uh, also, uh, we decided to kind of do this last minute, so if you're expecting Kevin to get into loads of notes and stats, uh, nope. Um, okay. No so, stats. So if you have a 4-3-3, I'm going to write this down while I'm doing it. All right, so you're going to have Sturridge up top. I'm going to say, hmm, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you, Omane, on the left, just because I do think he could slot in there, and I think Firmino would be more comfortable on the right. We've seen him there before. Coutinho right behind Sturridge. Um, no. Okay, well, I mean, in theory, you could play Chan next to Wijnaldum, but he's not really comfortable in a double pivot. He does better in a 4-3-3 with mm-hmm. a holding midfielder. So if you had Chan behind him, and then you had Wijnaldum on the, as the left attacking midfielder, still behind a winger. So yeah. if, you had, if you had a 4-3-3 with... Oh, man, I'm using my hands, and that's not going to be good radio at all. Um, <laughs> okay, people should know. A 4-3-3 with a holding midfielder. You have a striker, two wingers, and two attacking midfielders, right? Or two mm-hmm. central midfielders, depending on how they're positioned. But, if so, if you have Sturridge up top, Mane on one wing, Firmino on the other, and then Coutinho and Wijnaldum as the central midfielders with Chan behind, that could work. And that would be able to facilitate literally all of these players. But then, as you mentioned, you're leaving out Milner, which I don't really have a problem with. You're leaving out Lalana, which I also don't have a problem with. But it, it'll be interesting to see how they all fit in there. Anyway, I have accidentally stumbled upon the way that they could all play together. I'm just not sure that's actually what will happen. Yeah, don't look, whatever that is, don't, don't, don't indulge us in that because it's probably everybody's playing defender. Yeah. Also, I did see one Liverpool fan say, after I tweeted about this, say that um, I also need to think about Origi because he's going to play on the wing because Sturridge is going to play forward all season. And if you think Sturridge is going to be healthy all season at this point in his career, I don't know how to help you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're banking on that, crazy I... unlikely. You better handcuff him, if, especially if you're in your draft format, because we're going to talk about this later tonight. Because I actually drafted Sturridge and I handcuffed him brilliantly with someone else, and we'll get into that later show. So guess what? Tune in later. But sticking with Liverpool, I think that there's too many too many hands in the cookie jar, where I've actually argued to the negative of that sometimes. Where that if there's a lot of talent around, it helps everybody, but in this case, I I don't see how it fits for your fantasy premier premier team. There's just nobody you can trust at that price tag, you know, at 8.0 for Wijnaldum, 9.0 for Mane, 8.5 for Firmino, 8.0 for Coutinho. There's nobody there that I would rather either spend the other extra 5.5 for or save the .5 for with someone else. You know, you know, instead of Mane, you could have Payet. It's yeah. kind of no, it's kind of a no-brainer. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. You know, instead of, instead of Instead of Wijnaldum, you can have Ali at 8-5. So mm-hmm. instead of Firmino, you can have Ali. You know, it's instead of Firmino, you can have er- Ericsson. You can have anybody else that's similarly priced, and I think that they probably get the, get the nod from me early on because we don't know how this is all going to shape up. And with Liverpool's no extra games, I don't know. I don't know how everybody's going to fit in, especially if he starts a big rotation-wise. It's 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 a conundrum right now. It's a big uh, conundrum salad. Yeah. And it is, you mentioned, and I, I think we've mentioned before on the show, if not, it was just us being friends. Um, but, 
Liverpool not having too many matches was why I had Firmino and Coutinho so high. Even though I have Coutinho behind Firmino, my thought was what we just saw from Payet last year, being able to only focus on one competition and doing brilliantly, I thought that that was what Firmino was going to do this year. But now that lack of rotation is a problem because of how many players they've added. So very good point from you. Also, you pointed out that we don't know what it's going to look like at the beginning of the season. And you probably don't want to gamble there anyway because they have Arsenal, Spurs, Leicester, and Chelsea as four of their first five matches. Mm-hmm. All of whom, well, <laughs> three of whom had really good defenses last season. Arsenal, Spurs, and Leicester are all in the top three. And Chelsea kind of struggled last year, but now you're bringing in one of the best defensive-minded managers in the world, mm-hmm. and Antonio Conte. And so that's not going to be a cakewalk either. So not only do we not know how they're going to line up or who's going to lose minutes, but also the matchups are really bad. Like, So I, I know we talked about our teams last time, and we'll do so a little bit later in this show. But I now have no Liverpool players in my team. Yeah, I have I have zero as well. Yeah, which is a shame because the more I looked at it, as soon as I was off Firmino, there was like a two day period where I had Coutinho in at eight dot oh, which is a mm-hmm. value. Except now Winyoldum's at eight dot oh. Like earlier, you were doing those comps between other teams. Like Coutinho or Winyoldum at eight dot oh isn't even close for me, especially if Winyoldum's playing in central midfield. Because the reason he was able to get the stats he did last year, which, by the way, was largely just three games, mm-hmm. is because he was playing on the wing. So he's getting crosses in, he's cutting inside, he's shooting. If he's playing as a central midfielder, him and Coutinho would have to take turns bombing forward, which is going to cut down his chances to go forward a whole lot. Yeah. Like like a Dembele that could shoot. Yeah. Like, decent in draft, which we need to stop talking about because we're going to do that in a later show, but not very valuable in the official FPL game. So. No. Anyway, yeah, I, I totally agree. All hands off. So. I mean, it's it's funny. I'm actually just I actually just brought up the 8.0 midfielders on the official game. Yeah. This is the 8.0 midfielders that everyone that we just keep referencing. Aaron Ramsey, Philippe Coutinho, Jorginho, Raheem Sterling, or Yaya Torre. Those are the 8.0 midfielders. I just kind of don't want any of that. No, no, that's that's my whole point. Like they're all I wouldn't roster any of those players. Zero. You know what's weird? And this is a problem I've had with the fantasy industry on the whole for a while. And it's hedging your bets with preseason ranks. Mm-hmm. Right? So nobody thinks that Yaya Toure will be worth 8.0. He's either going to be injured a lot and not play, and he'd be worth like 6. Or he's going to break through again like he did two or three seasons ago. And mm-hmm. then be worth 10. And so people are just like, eh, I don't know, throw him in at 8. That always really frustrates me. Like in American fantasy stuff... Like, when you see players that are coming off of injuries and stuff, and so either they live up to their potential and they're a first-round pick, or they don't, and they're like a sixth, and so people put them in the third. Like, I I realize it's not, like, a great way to value potential versus situation, like if it's an injury or if they're suspended or anything like that. I just always kind of hated that. Yeah, it's educated guessing. But with fantasy players, you know, it's just... Yeah. Also... Also, if you're listening to this, and you're about to see our ranks, because... Uh, am I still putting my stuff on your thing? Sure, cool. sure. Great. More, the more voices... Posts. We'll see. We'll see how we put it up. But I will send them to you, and we'll figure out a way. But when you see those, as a listener, as a FPL player, you will, bound, you will be bound to disagree with some of them. And I've gotten hate before for rankings. It's why I don't post them... It's why I haven't, to this point, posted them publicly, other than maybe one position a week over on the Taga site. Because people get so angry if there's a player they like that's not high on their ranks. And here's what I'd say. Do your own ranks. 
you should look at other people's to kind of get a good gauge. But before you decide to tweet anger at somebody, realize that you have to put every player somewhere. And so it's like when people do like their top 10 all-time lists of sports, mm-hmm. like all-time NBA. And people leave like out like Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon was great and arguably my favorite all-time NBA player. But if you're going to put him in the top 10, then you're leaving out someone that also should be in the top 10. I feel like when people look at ranks, they don't really think about who's being left out. They're just like, my guy should be up here. And then you're like, well, mm-hmm. who would you have dropped? They're like, yeah. oh, oh, well, uh, hmm. Anyway, that's yeah. me complaining about doing rankings as part of my job. Yeah. But, but before you complain, <laughs> before I get any tweets when those rankings come out, tell me who you would have had behind them. Yeah, not exactly. where they should have been. Anyway, man, I'm just in a ranty mood. This is what happens when I don't have notes. Apparently, I'm just really angry. Kevin has diarrhea of the mouth without <laughs> stats. Uh, they're they're the mm, nope, not gonna go there. Okay, so we just talked about the big move that actually happened. There were some rumored ones throughout the week that you and I were talking a lot about, like Sigurdsson to Everton. Or, um, oh, what were the other ones? Oh, Marko Arnautovic, maybe, to Everton. Oh, um, nope, that's a good draft guy. We'll talk about that later. Um, um, but a couple very big ones that could come off. First, Pogba to Manchester United. Sounds like they've bid again. Gianluca De Marzio, who has yet to be wrong in, like, three years of this, which is insane, uh, saying that the deal could be done in the next couple of days. What FPL value do you think Pogba has? Um... I think he's going to be priced at 11.0, probably. Uh, so he'll probably be coming this measurables to you know De Bruyne, Alexis Sanchez kind of category. The only problem with Pogba is he doesn't play forward very much. That's the thing with me. I mean, at least he didn't do it for – he doesn't play forward enough like a Sanchez or a De Bruyne for me to actually think that he would be worth that money. I mean, that's just me. I don't watch enough – you know, Juve soccer um, to know this, but you know, um, he's he's a name guy. You know, you're gonna buy completely into the Paul Pogba trademark name thing if you want to roster him. But it comes at the the behest of would you rather him or De Bruyne or him or Alexis Sanchez? Because the people that are in Alexis Sanchez's camp are Alexis Sanchez supporters and are not gonna shift their shift their weight to Pogba from Sanchez. Same thing with De Bruyne. De Bruyne has a ton of opportunity. He's on a team that, t- that scores tons of goals. You know, Pogba going into United, you have to worry about where he's going to fit in, who's going to play around him, who he's going to steal time from. You know, you know, there's Mkhitaryan right now has has a ton of ownership right now in the Premier League. You know, the official game. So, I think if there's Which anybody, I also have questions about already. Yeah, that's- yeah. I mean, somebody that's somebody that's nine point five and is owned at twenty two point four percent currently. You know, he's going to take a massive hit. Um, Martial is going to take a, a, an even bigger hit. I, I, I don't think they're going to go wide as much. Um, you know, it, it, it causes a fantasy conundrum because it adds another big name to the pot of already big high-priced names that we can only have maybe three of max. If you're chintzy and you get cute somewhere, maybe you could have four. You know, would, would I love to have Paul Pogba on my team? Absolutely. But I don't think his fantasy output is going to be what we expect it to be from a, a, the name Paul Pogba. Yeah, I'd agree. He had eight goals and 13 assists last year. And a lot of times we talk about previous assists and then we have to give it caveats. 
like oh it wasn't in a very good league and while I agree that the Serie A has fallen on hard times the defense has not really been lacking so I do I do think that that is somewhat comparable I agree with you and I think it'll be really interesting to see if Mourinho decides to play the same 4-2-3-1 that he has throughout most of his career because then Pogba is playing really deep also yeah <laughs> just United don't have a good number 10 they're going to try to force Rooney into that role. I mean, I guess they still technically have Mata, who's born for that role. But we've seen with Mourinho him have one good season and then get kicked out. Yeah. Um, He's hated by Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I don't really like that. I, I agree that Pogba will come in at a, at a big price. I was thinking maybe 10. Um, but even at 10, like even if I'm right, which I might not be, that's still a lot of money for somebody that's playing that deep on the pitch and he'll pop up with a goal he'll pop up with assists I think more assists than goals his mm-hmm. ability to find a runner from deeper in the pitch is is very very impressive um, but yeah it it, it it confuses things even more like last summer when we were at the, the summit we were all agreeing that you basically couldn't own a Manchester United player now obviously we're past the 2015-16 season so now we know that a lot of the value was in the defense Mm-hmm. With like Chris Smalling mostly, and then Daily Blunt to an extent, mm-hmm. but I feel like we're back in that same ter- territory, just with bigger names. Yeah, their like price Martial, tags are way. Martial different. is overpriced and is being played out on the wing now. Ibrahimovic coming at what is he on eleven five? Eleven five. It's just like crazy expensive. If if his first match wasn't against Bournemouth, I bet you his ownership would be half what it is right now. Yeah, it's twenty. It's twenty percent right now. Yeah, Mkhitaryan on nine five, also probably too much. Then you have to deal with all the central midfielders. Even before Pogba, you had Herrera, Schweinsteiger, Schneiderlin, Lingard, Carrick. Uh, Carrick yeah, and Daily Blint, who is probably not going to play center back more than thirty matches this year, like he did last year. So now is he back in the central midfield thing? He had plenty of opportunities to play left back instead of Marcus Rojo, who was awful there. Mm-hmm. But he never got a look over there. But now you have a new manager. Blint obviously played left back the majority of his time at Ajax up until that last year. I, I don't know where he's going to play. But that's another name you have to worry about. Speaking of <laughs> Daily Blint, if he is playing center back, does that mean Phil Jones isn't playing? Does that mean Eric Baye, who they just signed, isn't playing? At right back, are we going to see more of Valencia? Is Darmian actually going to break through? He did have a good Euros. Is Luke Shaw going to be fit? Literally the only United player <laughs> that I think is... Not only ownable, but a good buy right now is David De Gea. They're just—it's David De Gea at the back, and then ten question marks on that team sheet for me. Well, nine. I think Chris Smalling is the only other guy that I would—I okay. could bank on from a fantasy perspective. Though his price tag is—you know—is six so he's up on the—you know—the the top level of—you know—you know, price-wise for it. But he's—if you're going to have one one fantasy defender, you you want a guy that's you know in the Bellerin, Van Dyke, uh, Smalling. Uh, Toby out of the barrel. One of those guys is going to be the anchor of your fantasy defense. Yeah. So depending on where you in, you choose to invest in either in the 6.5, 6.0, or 5.5 range, one of those guys needs to be on your team. So Chris Smalling for me is, is definitely penciled in as the only other guy on United right now that I would actually own besides De Gea. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that uh, random noise you heard in the background was definitely not an ESPN fantasy baseball update. And if it was, they have to pay us to sponsor them. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I agree. Actually, you touching on Alderweireld does... It's uh, random Tottenham talk time. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. 
Um, Jan Vertonghen reportedly already back in training about a month ahead of schedule, now looking like he might be available in the first couple of weeks instead of being out for a full month, which makes Vimmer's value go down pretty drastically. Um, that having been said, other potential moves. Manchester City look like they're about to get back into the market after they got Gundogan early in the window. Leroy Sané, very good winger uh, in Germany right now. Here, here's a question for you. Either just with their current squad or if they brought in Sané, who needs to play on the right wing. Who in that team do you think drops out? Because they brought in Nolito, who I think is meant to be a backup for both Aguero and somebody, whether it be mm-hmm. Sterling on the left or maybe he's just their left winger day one, but they also still have Nasri, who can play attacking midfielder slash on the left. You have De Bruyne, who wants to play behind the striker, but played on the right a lot, lot last season to make room mm-hmm. for Silva, who mm-hmm. played behind the forward, and not very well, may I add. I love David Silva, but he had a pretty poor season. Uh, of all those guys, and then with the potential addition of Sané, who do you think misses out there? I th- well, the first person that comes to mind is, is Jesus Navas. He's the first guy that I oh, think... Oh, yeah, I'm not even counting him. He's, he's going. You know, and... Um, the only other person I can think of is, and I think I bet you if they could do it over, you know, I can't see I can't see how Raheem Sterling gets into this team right now. I don't see how he is a fit in what they've brought in, and especially if they bring in Leroy Sané. Uh, you know, Sané is basically the same type of player as Raheem Sterling. He's a speed, you know, talent guy. Um, you know, you pair him next to a David Silva and a De Bruyne in the, the midfield ranks and through the center. And then, you know, you know, you have whoever you want to put on the right-hand side. And then behind them, you'd have Gundogan and, and Torre or one of the Fernando-Ino combinations. Um, you know, this is another team that you really can't own. There's only one person on this team through the midfield that I could actually say I feel confident enough in that I'd probably be like, yeah, I need, his, I need him on my team. But it comes with, you know, the elusive price tag of 10.5, and that's Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, you, know, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, to me, is... Stealing value from David Silva now because I think the team is going to drift away from what Silva used to be for for City, and it's, his value is going to drift to what De Bruyne can do because I think De Bruyne is going to be more of a facilitator this year. And now that they have added Nolito, and if they add Sane, you know, and if if they get cute and start playing Aguero and, and Ian Nacho up top with you know two strikers at the same time or any combination of two strikers with with you know Nolito in, involved as well. You know, De Bruyne is only going to benefit from that because he's an excellent passer of the ball, and he's a very smart player to get involved in play. So, you know, I think that he could be the 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 highest scoring player on City uh, on City this year. Yeah, and and City, unlike Mourinho and United, Pep Guardiola is very flexible tactically, so mm-hmm. it is a little harder to pencil people in, um, just because he doesn't have like that. This is my formation kind of thing going for him. Like last season, he played four three three or four two three one, or sometimes he did like that four two 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 weird diamond shaped thing. He played with just one holding midfielder with like a four one four one with Alonso, and then sometimes with um, Philip Lom there. Yeah. yeah. So it's that but, that is a toss up for City. But similar similar from the City, similar to Liverpool in a fantasy perspective, but in a real life football perspective, City has players that you could shift around better than what Liverpool has. True. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Anyway, so that'll, that'll all be uh, very interesting to see how they decide to cope with all of that. 
Uh, staying at City just for a second, assuming that Boney leaves, because what's the point? What kind of value do you think Ihe Nacho has? You know, I, I've been... Depends on who you read in the, you know, the Manchester area for, for news. There's papers that, you know, love him, and then there's papers that are, you know, against him. So, I love, I love him. I think that he is the perfect complement to what Aguero does up top. And I think Nolito could probably fit into... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. If, if City goes on an all-out attack kind of you know basis, I think you could put Nolito in an, a Navas role with De Bruyne and Silva next to him in the middle and then insert whoever you want on the opposite side with Iannaccio and Aguero up top. I know I know Nolito is more of a you know a striker, but I, I could see Nolito actually filling in a, a it wouldn't be a completely like a wide role, but it'd almost be like they're playing like uh, two strikers with a hybrid right behind it with with whoever wants to shift in and out. Um, I love Iannaccio. I think I think he's a talent. I think unfortunately he's on City where he's basically buried by bigger names. If Iannaccio was basically blossoming on another team, he'd be sold. But he isn't so because he's on City. Say if he was on, you know, Sunderland or Stoke or any of those teams, he would be probably similarly priced, 7.0, I'd probably say. Early on in the season, you know, I think that Pep will utilize Iannaccio because he wants to save his bigger name talent for, you know, the games that, the extra games that, you know, City has to play. They have to play in the Champions League. They have to play, you know, other, other cup games, you know, and et cetera. So I think Iannaccio in the beginning of the season will get more playing time than at the end of the season. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, <laughs> apparently this is just the City Hour. Another one sounding like they're going to really start chasing John Stones. I don't really love this at all. I think, if anything, it just hurts people's value. I was actually pretty high on Otamendi um, coming into this season. I think he's a much better player than he showed last season. I think him being paired with one person consistently would definitely benefit him. Uh, but I've yet to really be impressed by Stones. I see the talent, but I do not believe that he is good now. And I don't see anything other than him either leeching value from other center backs or not getting minutes. What's your thoughts? Um, honestly, how much better of a player is he than Jason Denayer? Besides that he's English-born. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a tough comp, but I can see where you're coming from. You know, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't know what City's doing. This is their third, mid, third defender in three years that they spent over, was it $35 million? Yeah, they do for? have to sign English players, though. I, yeah, I know. Desperately. That, yeah, I, I mean, I know there's a requirement that they have, have to have. So you have to add John Stones is worth X 
times X because he's born in England. You know, he's an English-born yeah. player. So I I don't see him. I mean, I said I commented yesterday. I said uh, if the deal goes through at his 5.0 price tag, he's not only the most ownable City defender because everyone else is above him, Kolarov at 6.0, Otamendi at 6.0, Sanya at 5.5, Clichy 5.5. He probably is going to be one of the most owned defenders by week one of the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. Entirely possible. All right. Um, well, I don't know what you uh, want to touch on next. No, Hashtag I mean, unscripted. Oh, you know what would be re- really good right now? Uh, commercial break. Yeah. Tolts. We did it. Get that stuff. You better. And if you're listening to this August 1st, you guys should really care about ZipRecruiter. I've heard that it's a super great service, either .com in the States or .co.uk in England. Mm-hmm, totally. It's definitely the place I go for my zipping or recruiting. Oh, dude, yeah, ziplining. It's to recruit ziplining experts. I'm pretty confident. That's, I heard that's an up-and-coming one. That's an up-and-coming uh, you know, thing. Yeah, not so big in middle America with very flat planes. Middle America? Oh, I think it meant like Middle Earth America, like with, with, with auks and stuff. Oh, uh, Middle Earth? Yeah. No, I mean, if you're, you know, over chilling with Sauron and stuff, there were some pretty stark mountains there. I think you could yeah. get a pretty decent ziplining experience. You know what? Even if they were just on poles, I feel like ziplining through the Shire would actually be really fun. If you're in Lothlorien, I mean, you yeah. got trees for days. Yeah. Yeah, or the, or the gumdrop forest. Oh, that's the elf. Never mind. Yep, no, that's, that's a different thing. Did not expect us to go this way. Yeah. Um, so we, 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 were, <laughs> we were searching for a good segue, and I think we, we got one. We nailed so, it, yeah. yeah. Uh, Who's the best elf in fantasy? Best elf in fantasy. Do dwarves count or no? No, they're not elves. Uh, Hermie. Hmm. It's got to be Hermie from the land of the misfit, land of the misfit toy. Interesting. That's solid. Dobby's up there with a shout because he has magical powers, but he doesn't use them all the time. That's obviously a problem. Uh, Galadriel, obviously, a badass. Um, it's not Legolas. Great. You can shoot arrows. Great job. Oh, you meant, you meant Lord of the Rings ones. I went but completely no, I meant, up. I, meant any, I went completely no, I, I did elves. mean I did mean any elves. Then, you know, with the oh, wait, what about the, Honestly, I think we're overlooking one. What about the Keebler elves? Oh, dang. With the cookies? It's they not live even, in a tree, Rob. They live in a tree. They live in a tree and make cookies in a tree. With an oven inside a wooden tree. That does not seem safe. No. No, not at all. Well, it could be clay. I mean, they could put a clay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they could have a... Do they have a fire marshal elf that like watches? <laughs> that just watches over them to make sure they don't burn their tree burn. house down. Anyway, keep making fudge stripe cookies, Keebler elves. <laughs> Good looking out, Keebler. Second best cookies other than Girl Scout cookies. So, Ooh. Ooh. favorite Girl Scout cookie? Go. Oh, Thin Mints. Not even close. You gotta freeze them first, though. I like I love it when they're chilled. I like freezing them and making them into milkshakes with vanilla ice cream. Oh snap! What? <laughs> just with a blender? Yeah, you put the cookies in the ice cubes and some milk in a blender and some vanilla ice cream and blend. Mm. I need to buy a blender, yo. <laughs> also, <laughs> so I um really love Indian food, right? And lamb sog is like my, one of my favorite things on this planet of Earth. And uh, I, I recently got into slow cooking. This is okay. riveting listening, I'm sure. And uh, I was like, oh, snap, I'm going to try to make that. Yo, Indian food is really hard to make. Yeah. Also, there are like 90 spices required for anything, and I own like six to eight spices. I'm a very you, simple guy. You know why it's hard hard to make Indian food? Because hmm. you're not Indian. Okay, yep, not a bad shout. 
I shouldn't have tried to co-opt their culture. I apologize, but your food is super delicious. I apologize for having the hubris to think that I could recreate it. Also, I wish that my bed was made out of garlic naan and I could just roll over and eat junk mm, sometimes. Garlic naan is good. It's so good. It's just garlicky bread, but it's the best thing. Yeah, totally. Oh, my God. That with some hummus. Ooh. A different culture, but I, I mess with it. No, you can, you can have hummus with that. Yeah. It's good. You can mix it. Man, I didn't know hummus was chickpeas for, like, way too long. I, uh, are, are peas mad because all the chicks make it get made into hummus? Because there's no man <laughs> peas or dude peas? <laughs> dude peas? <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume yes. <laughs> I'm going to assume there's definitely some saltiness. <laughs> even even though uh, I think I, I don't think I would really eat peas if they were called dude peas. Cause... Oh, for sure not. Oh, dear, dear goodness. That's like Rocky Mountain Oysters. Rocky Mountain Oysters. Those aren't those aren't meatballs. Nope. Don't mm, don't Google that if uh, you don't have safe search on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, what should we talk about? Oh, should we talk about our teams? Or stuff? Sure. We've sure. Al- I've obviously made loads of changes to my yeah. team. Anybody anybody else that you're you're hammering on to be like a concrete guy on your team? Like anybody you're you're completely zeroed in on? Be like, all right, I can have him on my team to the end to to the first week. Oh, um, yeah, I think I've pretty much uh, stuck my feather in Fabregas. I think he's going to turn it around this year. Oh, actually, uh, oh, snap, we could kind of segue a little bit here. Uh, there were some friendlies yesterday. You got to see Chelsea some. Any any takeaways from an FPL standpoint? Mm, nothing that would no, – they, they didn't play everybody you thought they would, and the team didn't look very flowing when they, they didn't have their first team together. Fabregas so it's tough. got it's, a red card. It's tough. To, it's tough to. It's tough to tell because you want to see everybody on the pitch for ninety instead of you know thirty-five or forty, you know. But but yeah, I, th- there's promise there. Liverpool looked okay, but we're not trusting them for fantasy anyway, so it doesn't make a difference. But from a Chelsea perspective, I like what I saw. You know, it, it depends. Half the guys we that came into the game like Nathan Chabala, he's not gonna he's not gonna play ever. So you know. Um, yeah, but I, it was an interesting game just to, just to actually see the boys in blue. So Yeah, fair enough. Well, yeah, Fabregas is a guy that I expect to be on my team. So is Kane, even though he kind of struggled over the summer. But I will not hesitate on Kane. If he has a slow start again like next season, I'll pull the trigger on him. I currently have Erickson in at 8-5. I know you're more on the Ali side. Um, also, he, he didn't play in our first friendly, which is a little concerning. I upgraded from Hoiberg to El Mahamedy. We're, we're both El Mahamedy guys, but... Um, Obviously, the, the sacking of Steve Bruce throws a lot of their stuff up into question. Um, and, you know, we, we've talked before about not playing against yourself. So I have three Leicester players and two Hull players. <laughs> you don't want to do both because you're taking away points from one or the other. But the Hull guys are going to be on my bench. Yeah. Um, and I have Andy Robertson in at 4-5, but I'm probably going to rotate him at some point. Uh, I already mentioned Vimmer's starting spot, not as locked down, with it looking like Vertonghen might be back sooner than we thought. So at 5, all of a sudden, he's not worth it. So probably going to have to change that. Uh, I do now have Aguero and Kane both in my team. Just uh, I, I was kind of leaning against Aguero to strengthen the team, but what you mentioned on the last show about it's much harder to upgrade than to downgrade, I thought was a really well-made point. And the fact that he starts against Sunderland, I think, is is a very positive thing because I don't think uh, that um, David Moyes will be able to fix that defense week one. I think that's going to be a season-long process, and we might see from Sunderland... A little bit what we saw from Leicester only defensively last season where mm-hmm. they started the season kind of struggling and then it seemed like week on week they were improving I think we might see something like that with, with Moyes in charge of that defense but week one Aguero I think you have to have 
Negredo at 6'5", I've really bandied back and forth about. Obviously, his first half for City, the last time he was in the Premier League, was amazing. Second half was awful. He's just been okay uh, over in Spain. Now he's coming back. If, honestly, if it was 7, I wouldn't think it was worth it. I think 6'5 is like exactly worth the gamble. Um, we had on a, a Middlesbrough fan on our uh, last EPL roundtable, and she was saying that they typically only play with one forward under Karanka. So Ooh. you'd assume that with the money they just paid for Negredo, he'll start ahead of Rhodes, so I'm not really worried about that as much. Um, then through the midfield, I already mentioned a few, Erickson, Fabregas, and El Mohamedy. I also have Mahrez and Drinkwater. I'll talk more about Mahrez in our draft show. I definitely have question marks on Mahrez, but the reason I have him in there is don't love Mkhitaryan for the price. I think he's ownable. I'm not saying he's a bad own. I'm just not as into it. I don't think Martial's ownable. And Payet and uh, Otzel are both reportedly going to miss the first couple of matches as they recover from the Euros. So Mahrez is really the only player in that mold. So I'm willing to take a gamble on him for a couple of weeks, wait till those guys are back, and then kind of reassess. But he's mm-hmm. almost like a high-end placeholder for me. Also brought in Drinkwater at 5'5". Five, five. I just think that that's super affordable. I think Albrighton is also at 5'5", five, five, which it's going to be interesting to see who... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They were both 5'5". Five, five. It'll be interesting to see how they work. I think Drinkwater does lose some value, uh, considering he's not going to be next to Conte anymore. I know a lot of people are saying Napolis Mendes is, is the next Conte, but I think it's uh, very hard to make that comp right now other than came from a basically unknown background, is a black French player that plays defensive midfield. I think <laughs> some of the comp could stop there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, weirdly, now that I'm looking at it, I'd probably much prefer Albrighton in there at 5-5, five, five, so I'll probably do that. Uh, in defense, I have Peters at 4-5, even though their start to the schedule, I want to say, is tough. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Middlesbrough. It, oh, then City, Everton, Spurs. Yeah, and then it flattens out again, too. Yeah, they, so you, you don't... I think they play yeah, Bournemouth. it seems like they have, like, one... One tough one, and then a few. Stoke is a good. Three. Stoke's a great rotational defender team. Yeah, yeah, and at four or five, I mean, Peters is always going to offer value. Without having looked it up, I'm going to say that Peters ended as a top twenty defender. What do you think? Probably right about there, yeah. <laughs> but not because he's like in the tens. Probably because he's like at twenty. Um, don't see him. Might have just been wrong. Yep. Nope. Well, now I just looked dumb. But anyway, <laughs> Peters is usually a solid bet. Um, Vimmer, as I said, not so huge on. Fuchs is my big, big gamble thus far. And by big gamble, I mean he's my highest-priced defender. He's only on 5-5. Five, five. Uh, we, we actually talked about this a little bit last week, about the strength of defenders. What, what, how do you think people should structure their defense? Do you think they should have, like, stars and scrubs, which I think you mentioned is what you had at the time? Or do you like more of, like, a low-priced balance? Um, I don't like... I'm not, I'm not in, I didn't buy into... Bellerin, Alderweireld, or Koscielny, anybody over 6.0, I don't, I don't have anybody on the team. Uh, I, what I usually do is I take um, a high-priced guy that I like. My first guy is Virgil van Dijk. He's 5'5". Five, five. Um, then I usually do the look ahead in the schedule for, for good matchups. For, cause right, so right now, I am loaded up. I have two Swansea defenders on my team because I like their first two games. Um, and I have Fabianski in goal, so I'm basically tripling up for the first two games. Uh, then I pick a guy on a defense that I like, that I think could probably raise the most value, but he's not the top guy on the def- on the defense. He's usually the second guy that I think could always you know shine. You know, Patrick Van Eijholt is the guy on Sunderland that everybody's going to own. So I shifted my attention to Lamine Kone, who is cheaper at 4.5. 
So currently my defense as it sits right now is Lamina Kone, Virgil van Dyke, Williams, and Taylor from Swansea. And then I take the, I'll take the 4.0 punt on defense because he's never going to play. And I took Paredes from Watford. I would be a little bit hesitant about owning three Swansea players just because it would be hard to rotate away from them just in a few weeks. Who, who do you have? Uh, Williams, Taylor, and Fabianski, I assume? William Ta- Williams, Taylor, and Fabianski. Yeah, nailed it. Oh, amazing. Um, the thing I like about... Thing, the thing I like... The thing I like about Swansea is they rotate nice with Crystal Palace, so and all the Crystal Palace defenders are basically the same price as Swansea defenders. So, yeah. and I have as my That's backup keeper is is the Crystal Palace keeper. So for six games they rotate nice. So basically, what I do is I take out Williams and bring in Scott Dan, and then there's my three defenders: Kone, Dan Dyke, and Dan. Yeah. Just I'm just starting. To, I'm just trying. I just started trying to figure out. You Not know, everybody looks at all right. Name names names are good on a page. And trying to fit them under the salary cap is the second thing to do. Now people are just starting to get into, all right, who are they playing, you know, week three, four, five? Because the guys you bring in, the name guys, KDB, Ali, Aguero, Kane, they're going to be staples on your team until either they get hurt or they just don't do anything for you fantasy-wise and you have to downshift. Um, Defenders are a little bit different because you're trying to plan for more of a time than them because defenders don't have that big name draw. Yeah, you, yeah, they do, but you're not going to really invest the money that, you know, the Bellerins, the Tobies, the Kashonis. You can't own all three of them. You can only really own one if, if you want to own four guys up, you know, through the midfield and the forward ranks that are going to score goals. And that's where the points are, and that's where the fun of, you know, fantasy is. But chasing the clean sheet gets you just as many uh, just as many points as a, as a goal scorer. So, yeah. I, I think that a lot yeah. of comparisons could be made to pitching in fantasy baseball. And that you have your everyday starters, mm-hmm. which is like the guys that you're mentioning, and then you have your streamers. And you usually want a healthy dose of everyday guys, but then you also need some streamers to win matchups. And I think that's very similar with this, where if you are going to own a Bellerin or an Alderweireld, I think the point of that is not having to worry about a position. And then, like you're mentioning, you... you you uh, match matchups. Mm, that's not great. <laughs> but you, you look down and you try to find ways to supplement your top guys. And, and I think that that's kind of, A, like that Stars and Scrubs thing I was talking about, plus a little bit of fantasy baseball, where, you know, you probably want in fantasy baseball, what, four or five everyday guys? And then you want to rotate some because otherwise, if you aren't streaming pitchers, you're going to lose quality mm-hmm. starts or win some weeks, even if you have the much better staff. So, yeah, it's like, it's like, it's basically like lining your pitching staff in baseball with quality relievers that pitch you know two out of three days or three out of five days uh i knew i knew you'd have to bring up bullpen stuff he's he's the best in the biz folks for a reason when we're talking about bullpen but um yeah no i'd I'd agree with that uh what's the rest of your team looking like you already kind of talked through the defense so so the rest of my team is i've yeah I've, i've changed a little bit through the midfield uh through the midfield um, I'm liking what I've seen out of Nathan Redmond so far from from Southampton. Yeah. I think he's going to link up nicely with uh, what they have going, basically taking over in the Mane spot, but not really the Mane spot because he's kind of a different kind of player. You know, Dusan Tadic is a phenomenal player, gets the ball in positions that you know you don't think that anybody could really pass it to. Redmond is a good finisher of the ball. I, he's 6.0 for me. It's a steal right now at 6.0. I think he's the best value there at 6.0. Uh, I paired him with uh, De Bruyne, uh, Della Ali. Andre Townsend, which I still have kind of a, a semi-boner for, and uh, Jordan Ibe uh, through the midfield. 
Um, I'm liking. You got some gambles what, what, in there, man. Yeah, but you only have to play four of them. So because I'm going to be playing, you know, three defenders, four, and two, you know, so it, it's a big rotational thing. I'm just putting guys in there that I like right now that are getting good news. You know, I like what I could bring to Bournemouth. Uh, I think he, he's a great supplement to what they have going on offensively. He's not gonna he's not gonna steal time from Callum Wilson because he's a different kind of player. He's gonna play opposite of Max Gradell most likely. So those two guys draw a ton of attention because they're speed players. I know Gradell's coming off an ECL injury, but you know he's still gonna still gonna demand respect on the on the wing. Ibe's gonna slot into the he could flourish there for a Bournemouth squad that it's probably very unheralded talent wise. They don't have a talent, but they have like one. One B talent, you know. Um, up front, uh, I basically have the same two big names you have. I have Kane and Aguero. Um, I have them sandwiched with Adele Hernandez. Uh, oh, I, I like. I like. Assume it was Shane Long. Fair enough. No, no, it's uh, Adele Hernandez. Um, Hernandez is is the guy at Hull. I think for me, you know, I've shifted. I was all on El Mahamedy before, um, but I think Hernandez. If I'm not mistaken, I believe he ta- he takes the p- the penalty kicks. Yeah. Um, so. For a lower level team, I'm looking for that that Troy Deeney kind of strike from from Adele Hernandez. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my team. Uh, it's still it's still a work in progress, but I've started to nail down more. Like every week, I think I nail down one or two more players that are 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 close. My defense is pretty much close. It's yeah. the closest out of anything out of, out of my team. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, all right. Well, I think that's enough uh, for this show. <laughs> yes. After this. To our draft show, if you care, which, by the way, care. Draft is a really fun way to do it. And also, I assume we'll hear from you a little bit about your auction stuff that you, you've been talking to me privately about, because I think that would be really yeah, interesting that, as well. That draft is actually tonight. Oh, cool. Oh, so we can super talk about that. What time is the draft? 11.30, because there's oh, dear. people from all over the world, so we have to comp- compensate for everybody around the world. Um, but maybe if... if uh, you know, Next podcast, I'll get into what my team looks like. This is for the IEFSA. So which I still haven't been Twitter. invited to, which I'm pretty angry about. Well, whatever. You're not good <laughs> enough. You're not good enough. I'm good enough at draft. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's it from us. Uh, tell the folks where they can find you. Uh, Razball.com, uh, or you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Lugie. Um, like I said, I'm, get- I'm going to be getting the rankings up for the FPL uh, midfielders, defenders, goalies, forwards this this Monday. The first, I believe, is Monday. Right? Yep. The first. Yeah. Monday the first, August. Also, re-listen to these shows on the first so that we can meet a new yes. sponsorship goal. Yes, absolutely. We're going to promote these shows a lot, just for no apparent reason, because our friends like to hear them multiple times. So much. And, and and to be honest, listen, if if we weren't actually good at what we do, we wouldn't tell you to listen. Like, oh, we're awful. Don't listen. But honestly, listen to this podcast front to back, back to front. We're awesome. Even if you listen to them reverse, me and Kevin mess with your mind so much that if you listen to us in reverse, we make total sense. In Slovenian, which is, I don't know how we manage that. It's just really impressive. Also, <laughs> I forgot I was going to say this. Somebody uh, was tweeting, oh, man, I really wish I remembered who it was because now I'm going to sound like a jerk because I'm pretty sure it's one of our regulars. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, welcome to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy football slash soccer podcast where we guarantee that maybe you might learn something about fantasy probably. Oh, you'll definitely learn something. You learn more than I, – I learn something every day, and I, I'm trying to teach people. <laughs> I, just, I just love adding a guarantee and then all those caveats. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, really fun thing to do. Um, uh, oh, right. It's uh, at L-E-T 
13. So there's a plug for you. Sorry that took me so long to scroll while we talked about it. But anyway, yes, I'm Kevin DeVries. Released my way-too-early preview uh, for this season over on TheEaglesBeak.com, so be sure to check that out. Rob and I will be releasing ranks in some way uh, <laughs> together or something. So I guess just kind of keep an eye out on that. Like I said, two shows today. Be sure to listen to those. Also, if you have any interest in the championship, uh, Jake Jackman, who's been on the EPL Roundtable loads of times, has started up a championship roundtable show on our channel. So also be sure to check that out if you care about that. EPL Roundtable, last week we did a promotion special. So if you're interested in Hull, Burnley, uh, or Middlesbrough, be sure to check that out. Season 4, Episode 1 will be this Sunday. We're recording. It'll be up on Monday. So be sure to tune into that as we start to cover the 2016-17 season, which has come way too quickly, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but very excited to, to really start diving into to the new season. So uh, thank you for listening uh, to us on this. Listen to all those. Read all of our ranks. Learn a whole bunch, maybe. And we'll talk to you later tonight. Peace. For now. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.